Free Talk Live, and you can join us here if you want. The live Saturday episode of the program for you, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And you can bring up absolutely anything that you want, although I know that, uh, Captain, you've been watching some of the footage coming out of Ottawa today. I I have spent the last two days... Uh, watching some of these different camera people that are on the ground, independent journalists reporting on the crackdown. I mean, it has finally come with hundreds of police coming from as far away as apparently Edmonton, Canada. Uh, So Alberta province, which is the second most western province in Canada, coming all the way to Ottawa. Uh, Police from one guy counted off all the different cops earlier today on the footage. Uh, But we can go over a lot of this stuff. There's just some crazy stuff that's been happening. I just want to say to anybody that's in contact with anybody who's at these protests, I saw many people with their either their phones or their cameras Mm -hmm. out. I just want to encourage that and encourage more of that. Uh, continue to put, you know, grab footage and put it online as much as you can, as often as you can. If you see anything going down that looks like it is worthy, put it online. Get some footage of that and put it online. Yeah, we should introduce ourselves. It's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. Peakless, have you been seeing any of the, the stuff happening in Ottawa in the last 48 hours? Uh, just a little bit. Um, so most recently I saw the uh, the bit with the um, the horses trampling. Mm. Yeah, that was yesterday. They yeah. trampled an old lady and another guy. And I, I've heard rumors the lady died and I've heard that she hasn't. But either way, she got trampled by some horses and it was absolutely horrifying. And, uh, something that, uh, that most people don't realize about horses, like they have an instinct not to trample people. Really? So in order yeah. to, uh, I mean, I... I come from generations of uh, of cowboys here. Mm-hmm. Like they they do not want to trample things. They don't like going over. Uh, they don't like uh, breaking foliage. Like they they have an instinct to avoid these things because they can damage themselves. That yeah, sure. you'll see that kind of thing in some of the footage from uh, any of the Seattle protests, like the WTO, that kind of a thing. Uh, the Seattle Police Department does have mounted police. And they will frequent the downtown area on horseback. And you can tell in some of the footage of some of the, the riots and things of that nature that the horses will back up or, you know, get up off of, you know, their front legs in order to not trample somebody, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm watching this this footage, and, I mean, they, they just go straight over these people, mm. and yeah. then uh, and then that's followed by the police on foot. So, like, they you know, the, the protesters are trying to rush in to grab them to, you know, get them to medical attention, but no, the, the police officers on foot uh, – go forward so that no one can grab them and they don't even bother to lift them up at any point no because these people who are the police are as inhuman as it gets i mean i i had i had thought that maybe they were at least like arresting them no well no we'll just they are arresting some people they can actually get more inhuman and that's yeah. you know when they're throwing the throwing the blows and firing upon the crowds. Well, they haven't fired upon them uh, directly. If you ex- if you accept the fact that they're well. they are shooting them with pepper spray yep. on a regular basis, uh, the Ottawa Police Twitter account has been interesting to watch because it's you know straight propaganda and lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're claiming that the the protesters are throwing gas at the police. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, right, because that's who we know. I mean, maybe okay. Gas. So if somebody chucks a can of tear gas at you know some protesters, and maybe one of the protesters <laughs> is smart enough, quick enough to, to pick, pick up, it up, chuck and throw it back. back. Like I could see that happening, possibly. Uh-huh. Technically true, actually false. Yeah, the poli- they threw tear gas at me. They threw your canister of I did, tear gas back at you. I did hear something about, uh, you know, last night there were hundreds, hundreds of protesters who were arrested, and that those arrests weren't like really technically arrests. So supposedly the police who claimed to have arrested over a hundred yesterday and over uh, last I saw seventy today. But- I haven't gotten an update in a few hours, but uh, they they the protesters are claiming that once they are arrested, they're being taken somewhere, processed to whatever extent, and released with no charges. Well, I mean, what are they going to do with them? Like, well, that's they just don't it. Really have room for this many this many prisoners? They I mean, have they no charge. The- they could still charge and release, but they have hmm. no charges. So what they have because what they're doing isn't illegal, right? Yeah, what they have is what the the government has in Ottawa at this point, the police department has is a protester relocation system <laughs> right <laughs> that's Basically, what they do right mm-hmm. they forcibly yeah. remove you from an area move you to another area yeah uh, do some paperwork, you know, scuttle about, and then let you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's basically what they've been doing with large numbers of people as well. They've been relocating the protesters. So for those that aren't familiar, in Ottawa, you've got the Parliament Hill, this the can um, the Canadian capital, by the way. In case you've been under a rock, there's huge protests <laughs> going on. Truck drivers drove across the country, starting in British Columbia, went all the way to Ottawa, uh, which is almost all the way across the country. It's not quite Quebec Province is the furthest. It's a long way for those of you who've never yeah. made that drive. <laughs> One guy made the drive, uh, Dan Dix from Press for Truth. He's a libertarian anarchist guy. Uh, he said it took him six days to get from British Columbia to uh, to Ottawa. Yeah, so, I got it. Yeah, and you, he couldn't fly because he's not vaccinated. And in mm. Canada, you cannot take a train and you cannot take uh, an airplane unless you've been vaccinated. Uh, well, and, and so, that brings me to a, a very important point, I think. Like, a lot of people are talking about, well, why aren't we doing this in our country? And it's like, okay, look at what, uh, like, it is a different circumstance, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm wholeheartedly and full-throatedly against mm-hmm. all of the mandates that they've put in place here. I mean, absolutely hamstringing our entire medical system is insane. But, I mean, it just doesn't compare to the, the authoritarian measures specifically from the federal government in Canada and, no, 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 and, no, no, the, see, and the support that that gives this kind of a movement. True. I don't want to take anything away from the protests in, in Canada because they are in my opinion, justified more than that oh, is, yeah. in my opinion, justified. But yeah. It's epic-level uh, protest. But what I would rather see, instead of you know saying, oh, well, their circumstances are different, making it seem like it's you know slightly of a higher level or more important or whatever, it's not. Uh, what I would like to see instead is more of the growth of this type of a mm-hmm. protest mm-hmm. globally. Mm-hmm. Because... The government's got together and worked together because they all did the same thing, whether they know it or not. Whether they actually got together in a room and said, you know what, let's all get together and lock down our communities. <laughs> they might have. You know, maybe they did. I don't know. But let's just say they didn't. They all participated in monkey see, monkey do. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? And they all did the same exact crime. Look at Australia. Right? And how many episodes did we cover Australia and how they're do- trying to do the right thing? Right. Mm-hmm. And now yep. we got Canada trying to do the right thing. Well, we got to keep people from doing uh, things that resemble what the Nazis did. Right. We have to con- discontinue that completely. And so I would like to see this protest grow and grow and grow until it basically says, hey, government, here's a couple of birds for you.
Yeah. You know, and until you stop acting in an involuntary manner, we're not going to obey anything you tell us. And I mean, as far as that point goes, like you do not have to organize a conspiracy when you share a culture and the culture that these villains share is these are not humans these are our cattle we yeah. own them they are they are insignificant subhuman children childlike things and when we decide to lock them up they better hop too so i mean the 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 kind of culture that leads to this is completely shared among all of these tyrants mm, yeah. regardless of yes. them needing to plan this out. Yeah, that's true. It's a culture of authoritarianism and statism, and statism is a evil religion. I mean, mm-hmm. it is absolutely a delusion that justifies the use of violence mm-hmm. against peaceful people, and that's what these cops were doing all day long. I was mm-hmm. saying what they're doing is they're moving people. So you've got the re- what they call the red zone uh, in Ottawa, which is, I guess, some arbitrary zone. They this determined- isn't a free speech zone. Get yeah. to the free speech zone. I guess it's, I don't know who determined what the red zone was, the city of Ottawa gang or whatever, but basically it's the area in which most of the truckers were uh, during the last three weeks, by the way. This protest has been going mm-hmm. on for three solid weeks as of today and yesterday. Yeah. And so by the, uh, what they call Parliament Hill in Ottawa, there's, you know, some streets and some, there's a lot of trucks that were parked. Most all of those trucks are gone now. So what happened over the last 48 hours was they moved in hundreds, if not thousands, of cops. Yeah. And they formed lines, and they started moving people, kettling them, and moving them out of the protest area. I saw the memes that were like, in order to keep people from blocking the streets, we're going to block the streets. (laughs) Yeah. There's uh, more coming up here. we got a lot to say about what's happening in Ottawa. If you want to weigh in, you can join us. 603-283-6160. They've been attacking the media. We'll tell you about that coming up. open you want to join the show you can it doesn't have to be about ottawa and what's happening there but the fact is you need a boot ottawa yeah uh it doesn't have to be about that uh it can be about whatever you want and you can sandal ottawa troll of the airwaves here on free talk live uh with you tonight you've got ian peakless mountaineer and the captain and the number is 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live brought to you by Bitcoin.com. Great source to start learning about cryptocurrency like uh, Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Just get on over to Bitcoin.com and click Get Started at the top of the page. Maybe you've heard about Bitcoin in the context of the protests going on in Ottawa mm-hmm. where uh, people had their bank accounts frozen and are having their bank accounts frozen. Yeah. Where People are being told uh, that they're, you know, if they're associated with this protest in any way, they may not be able to do any kind of banking activities in the future. So uh, what do you do? You turn to cryptocurrency, which is well, the, the free market. And before you talk more about cryptocurrency, let this, I just want to point this out and make sure that people are listening to what this means. It means that some bureaucrat, wherever you live, is just one pen stroke away from freezing all of your money. Mm-hmm. If you have yeah. all of your money in a bank account. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So click get started at the top of the page over at Bitcoin.com. As we go to your phone calls and thoughts, there's a lot to say about the crackdown that's been going on in Ottawa, which has now turned into a street party, by the way. So I'll, I'll try to give you the, the overview here. When we I get... heard they had bouncy houses. 
Those, I believe, have been taken down at this point by the police. The police have basically moved everyone out of the original protest area. So with overwhelming numbers, now there's still an S-ton of protesters there, but of course the police have th- you know thugs with, uh, they haven't shot anybody that I know of yet, but they've yeah. got clubs, they've got bats, and they are attacking And they've people. got assault rifles. Right, they yeah. are out there. They with do. The, like and that, they have gas me, uh, canister rifles. And they're wearing all that, the gear, they're wearing the masks and all that. Go I ahead. mean, that to me is, is one of the scariest parts about this is like, you know, at some point are they going to realize that only one side of this standoff is armed? Like, are they are they about to like set off some kind of World War Three of authoritarian versus humans? I mean, it's a very volatile situation. These things generally don't end without violence, right? I well, mean, the it, violence it, is coming from the police. Yeah, yes. and I mean, it, it reminds me of like the the I can't remember the exact line, but uh, from V for Vendetta, where she's like, "Well, what do you think is going to happen?" Probably the same thing that always happens when you have one armed group against an unarmed group. Genocide. Yeah. People, uh, people die. Is what we'll go to your yeah, calls I, and thoughts, though. So, we can get I, mean, back in, I want to get back into it, but we got Alu on the line here yeah. calling us from New Hampshire. Alu Axelman from Liberty Block, or the Liberty Block. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey. So on the topic of the Canadian protest, I finally got around to writing an article for LibertyBlock.com nice, about nice. the Canadian protest. And, and I know you guys have been saying it for weeks, or really for like a decade now, cryptocurrency is the answer. And I, I think... Satoshi Nakamoto built it for this, for stuff like this, of transmitting money peer-to-peer without intermediaries in the government or their cronies in the banks. If you want to send money to the truckers to support them, crypto does that. Whereas if you do GoFundMe or even give said go or anything else, once it gets to the banks, they can prohibit it from being dispersed to the actual people. So yep. I'm glad that the, they're starting to do stuff. I think uh, Tally IO or something and other fundraisers via crypto, I'm glad they're doing it. So I finally wrote a whole article saying crypto is the answer. And a lot of conservatives were asking what they could do. And I said, crypto is the answer. And I said, you know what? I'll write an article for you. But that's a the massive protest. I want to talk about a tiny protest. Only like a dozen people went out this morning. I think they do it weekly in Hampton. They do it in Concord, New Hampshire, and Hampton, New Hampshire, by the seacoast, by Exeter. Um, so I actually went out after work this morning. I went to Hampton at around 11. And there were like 10, 15 people there, mostly conservative types and some liberty people, maybe some independents. And they had some American flags. I brought my massive New Hampshire flag that you gave me, which was awesome. And I gave out the small flags to them and spoke about independence and all that. And then at around 12, like five guys with tan pants and black jackets walk up to us. They're really quiet, really suspicious. And they kind of want to join us and stand next to us. I said, how's it going? They literally ignored me and didn't answer. And right away, mm. one of the new guys I had just met there, look at each other. We, we both know, like, this is super suspicious. Like, <laughs> I think I'm a genius and a great detective and a, and a great investigator, but you know, even a baby would have felt this was suspicious. Like sure. they're all wearing the same uniform. They they look exactly like the Patriot Front and all those memes of the feds who have the same sunglasses and hats and watches and the same exact thing and they don't talk normally and you know, um so so they come to the corner and they stand there, they're all standing there, not talking to anyone really. And then uh, a few minutes later I start recording because they're super suspicious. And, and to be honest, I was carrying my G19, which I, I usually carry something a bit smaller, but I was really glad. And I was open carrying, and as they walked by, I kind of made sure like they, they saw my jacket, mm-hmm. flipped it open, and they saw I was carrying because you know, it was just a bit uncomfortable. Five young men of fighting age I was kind of walking up on us with uniforms. Sure. And they were super suspicious, not talking. Anyway, I, I blink, and a minute so they later, they speak all in one voice and manner. say, we are individuals. <laughs> no, no. So they have this banner that's like 20 feet long by like three or four feet wide, and it just says White Lives Matter. And in the middle of the banner, there are two faces. I don't know. They were unclear. I don't know who they were. Probably like some big white supremacist. 
but some um, like they, it wasn't Trump, it wasn't Hitler, nobody I recognized, mm-hmm. but like two faces and just white lives matter. So right away I start recording and I, I put up the video, I wrote an article when I got home. So there's an article on the woodblock.com and a video from the little bit of video I took while freezing my butt off in 20 degrees. I, I tried to record some stuff and on video I asked them, hey guys, how you doing? Where are you from? And, and they didn't really answer. And then one of them was like, well, we're, we're from like all over the place. And I'm like, oh, you're from Hampton? And they're like, well, we're from like all over. And it was just super suspicious. And then didn't they said, say Boston? Like, in, I, I watched uh, your video. Didn't some of them say Boston? I don't know. I don't think I heard Boston. I just heard like okay. all over. I could have sworn sure. I heard Boston um, in there. Yeah. So, so then I asked, are, are you guys with the Patriot Front? <laughs> I can't believe I didn't laugh. And um, they said, no, we're, we're not. We're at the NSC, which I looked up later as the Nationalist Social Club. And um, so a part of me thinks they're, they were um, fed. Some a part kind of me thinks they're left educators paid by Soros. Nationalist Socialist. Nationalist Social Club. Not socialist. Right. They're anti-communist. Well, they, that's they what they claim. Yeah. Wing, but yeah, so again, I don't know if they're feds or paid by BLM or Soros to make us look bad, or if they really are like white supremacists. So it could be any of those three. I certainly hope that um, they are feds. I think you're right on with the, weird thing to say. with the fed presumption, yeah. because, I mean, if anybody's heard of these Patriot Front people, they are really this creepy group that shows up at various different protests in large numbers. And five people's a fairly large number for a New Hampshire protest, so I consider that to be a, a good turnout. Uh, but they, they show up in large numbers, and they're all wearing the exact same thing. I have never been to any kind of protest event, which generally attracts a variety of people, right? I've never seen people in a uniform besides the police at any kind of an event, but these guys show up in khaki pants and, like, the same kind of, uh, of shirt, and dudes that yeah, were in the video look that, like that. That, that adults you- are, like, that stupid. Like, the first thing I would do if I had an IQ above 15 is like not wear the same exact thing as my four other friends doing something unless you want to look like a, like a, a uniformed right. um, uh, police agency or something. So anyway, so I, right away, one guy and two of us were very suspicious. The rest were probably a little suspicious, a little bit nice. And then I said, no, what, let's go across the street because once media, like Portsmouth Herald or some leftist paper, that's one picture of us with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they'd the like nothing and better than to yeah, paint yeah. everybody exactly. in, the, in the light so, of a right-wing extremist. Alu, hang on. Yeah. It sounds like you got more to your story. Uh, we'll, we'll continue oh, yeah. here in moments. Alu is a blogger over at the Liberty Block at libertyblock.com. He's also the, uh, the president, I almost said founder, not the founder, the president of the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence. So he's a great freedom-friendly activist here. I like reading his stuff. Yeah, good stuff. More coming up here with Alu. Your calls and thoughts also. We'll get back into Ottawa on the way. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com It is Free Talk Live. 
phones are open. You can join the show here at 603-283-6160, the live Saturday episode of the program. With you tonight, it's Ian. Nicholas Mountaineer. And the Lord Reverend Captain Kickass. Don't forget, you can join us online anytime you want. Just head on over to freetalklive.com, and we have lots of features waiting for you there. Chris Hartzell, by the way, thank you to Chris for becoming a Free Talk Live supporter via our AMPS Patreon. He did that at a gold level, which means he's doing at least uh, 10 bucks a month. So really appreciate the support. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to help us get the ideas of Liberty on more great radio stations around the country. We're on over 190 radio stations today. And we could be on more. It just takes time. It takes money. It takes uh, effort. And your dollars help us do that. So thank you chris for helping us out over at amps.freetalklive.com you can go there to find our patreon it's amps.freetalklive.com we go back to alu axelman calling us from the liberty block or libertyblock.com where he's a blogger there was out on the streets not in ottawa today but at a much smaller protest in did you say it was hampton new hampshire where where hampton so the so the seacoast of uh new hampshire and you'd gone out there for what is a regular occurrence on a i guess a saturday morning uh people just holding freedom oriented signage and that sort of thing and unfortunately some white supremacist types showed up unfurled a banner all of them wearing the exact same uniform with the khaki pants you identified them as looking a lot like this patriot front group though a lot of people online have been seeing at protests around the country uh where they show up and they uh, mask their face Faces. Although there was, I think, one guy that didn't have his face masked. Some of them did have their face faces masked at this particular uh, occurrence today. I saw the video that you'd posted, and you were telling us about your interactions with them and how you uh, convinced the other protesters you were there with, who are not the white nationalists, to go across the street in order to make sure there was separation between the groups because you didn't want them looking like they were with you, understandably. Exactly. So actually, I think Footloose just told me earlier that these same people with the same banner were at a Nashua school board meeting a few mm. days ago. So that was interesting. And he, he had some interesting words that I can't see on the radio for them. He was videoing and he, he was yelling at them as he walked away. He was pretty much yelling at both sides saying, you Nazis are terrible, you fascists, you throwing fascists, you cops, all you three sides are terrible. And he left that school board meeting area. So yeah, some of them had face masks on, some of them didn't. Um, so they had this thing like one three one or something on the on their hats or on their face masks, which apparently stands for like ACA for anti-communist action. Which again, the anti-communist and the anti-fascists are both mostly just authoritarians. Oh, so yeah. anyway, as as the people, so I said let's cross the street, and and we did. As we crossed the street, I ran to my car and grabbed one of those signs because I had like ten of these big oak tag signs that I brought up for the secession rally, and some of them only had one side written on it. So one one of the sides was blank. So I grabbed a marker from Regina Barnes, who's a pretty good councilwoman who was there with us protesting. And um, I took the marker and I quickly scribbled, we are not with the white supremacist infiltrators or the white nationalist infiltrators. And Mm -hmm. I I wrote that on a sign so that I could hold it so everyone knew, even if they come close to us again, like and even if we're we're associated with them, everyone knows that we are really not with them. And we are like kind of the opposite of them because they're probably um, Nazis or or semi-neo-Nazis. So white supremacists, so that was was pretty funny. So um, you wait, um, you, you fought signs with a sign of your own. Exactly. So I, I made a sign saying we're not with the white nationalist infiltrators because um, yeah, I'm pretty upset. So I made that sign, and then I got I made sure to get some pictures. That way, if the media, CNN, says tomorrow that people like me and Regina Barnes and the others are white supremacists, then we can at least hit, 
uh, hit them back with our media piece with the, with the pictures. So well, that, really as you pointed out, Captain, video, uh, is the way that you want to fight people who say things you don't amen. like is with using more free speech, not to use violence against them, but to actually outspeak them. And, uh, you know, our ideas are better freedom's better than sure statism and these people are absolutely statists they may not like communists but they sure do love the state and they just want to shove it down people's throats in their preferred way yeah so they were really interesting and, and like their ringleader the guy who was speaking for them ran across the street he had a tiny camera like a gopro or even smaller he was recording like everything which was interesting he came across the street right up to my sign um and again maybe like a tiny bit uncomfortable but i was i was pretty polite and, and relaxed and he recorded my sign and asked for my name and asked like who I was and stuff and said, oh, that sign, this will go really well in video. Or he said something like that. And then he, he ran back across the street. Well, so interesting he, he that they claim that they're uh, not communists because the way they're acting is in the very same way as I've seen communists act, which is to say they have a one person who's the spokesman. Everybody else mm-hmm. remains silent. You cannot talk to them. They'll always say, oh, I can't talk to you. You need to talk to this guy over here uh, because that's the way s- these centrally controlled groups work. These top-down hierarchical uh, structures, it's very much like the communists. Yeah, like, oh, you're standing there and you don't have an opinion? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, if you talk to these people, at least in my experience, they are absolutely 100% on board for running things the way Stalin did. Sure. I mean, so the the anti-communists, they want communism. The anti-fascists are instituting fascism. And when these people de-platform each other, it's because they can't make a real argument because they have no real position. Mm. And that's what I like about sort of, uh, we'll say, the the freedom position, the libertarian anarchist philosophies, if you will, is uh, it doesn't really require that much depth of knowledge to defend or to get and i would say that if you find a whole bunch of libertarians at a protest uh, you could probably walk up to each one of them individually and ask them what they think and they will definitely give you an opinion absolutely usually a bunch of different opinions that's right. if you talk to a few of them and they'll tell you the others are wrong and the others are fake libertarians and they're the only real libertarian <laughs> but that is all right that's true but I mean, like, if you're trying to deplatform people, you are weakening yourself so fundamentally. If we do not give these people a platform, we can't make fun of them. Yeah, that's and true. And if we can't make fun of them, then their ideas stop being ridiculous. And that's how you lose. Great point. Alu, anything else you want to share today? Yeah, pretty much just visit libertyblock.com because we've got this article and a few more. And please check out the books, Corona Fascism and the Blueprint for Liberty and Articles of Secession. And I got a book coming out about due process that's going to be a banger, hopefully within a few weeks. So they're all on Amazon and I have them all on me. Thank you, Alu. Appreciate it. Uh, that's Alu from the Liberty Block. We continue here with more of your calls and thoughts. Rod calling us all the way from China, where it's tomorrow already. Uh, calling the from the future. <laughs> hi guys, uh, lovely to talk to you. Hi Rod. Um, I just hi. I just thought it would be nice uh, to share what the situation in China is like. Yeah. Uh, because my my uh, I'm I'm from Canada. Okay. And I see the situation all the way from here, and I see the news that are that are told about China. And actually, I I during the pandemic, I've been here for the the whole pandemic. Hmm. And I have felt more free here in China than my libertarian friends back back in Canada. Ouch! Can we snip uh, that? Wow. <laughs> His comment just there. Can we just? Well, you know, first off, where? Was, uh, I mean, China's a big place. So, where in China are you located? I have I have been in three different provinces. Okay. I've been in southern southern China in in Guangdong province. I've been in the north, 
near the deserts in uh, Lanzhou, and I've been also near Shanghai in in the in the southeast. Hmm. Um, and I've been here for two and a half years. I haven't had one day of lockdown. I have gone to work every day without a mask. So now, have um, you been staying out of the city? I live in a five million. Um, the city where I'm now has five million people, uh-huh. and I lived in, in when I lived in Guangdong province in the south. That city had seven million people, and it was near Guangzhou, which is one of the biggest cities mm-hmm. in the world. You don't have to answer um, if you don't want to, but when you do go to work, do you work with people directly? Yeah, um, I'm a school teacher. <laughs> Wow, so you didn't have to wear a yeah. mask while teaching at school? The, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not laughing at you. I'd like to hear that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just laughing because it's a pretty damning statement to the rest of the world yeah. that you are that free in China during all of this. Not one time. Wow. Okay, so just to clarify, I mean, in the United States, and I'm sure in Canada, there's re- incredibly restrictive rules as far as school teachers and school children in many districts having to wear a mask. You're saying you didn't have to wear a mask at all as a school teacher in China. Uh, presumably, you're working for the state, right? Uh, no, I worked for... Um uh, well, everything is kind of halfway here in China. All right, hang on. We're going to bring you back. If you got time, Rod, stick with us. want to definitely hear more about what life's been like in China wild, man. in the last two years in major cities. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. It's Free Talk Live. Phones open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Big was And the captain. And uh, I want to make sure you know about Intercoin. Intercoin is something we've been telling you about, and they can help businesses and organizations raise money using their own token, their own currency. Intercoin has launched their own investor token, worldwide and you can get it on a centralized exchange called x markets it's exmarkets.com all you need is an email address to sign up at x markets you can keep your privacy intact you can then deposit dozens of different cryptos including bitcoin trade them for tether on the exchange and then use that tether to buy itr which is the intercoin investor token you can learn more about the intercoin vision at intercoin.org and buy or sell itr on xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com, you just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. I want to come back to what's been going on in Ottawa. We barely mm. had a chance to really scratch the surface of the last 24 hours because it's been a crazy last two days in Ottawa with the uh, the trucker convoy being broken up by huge numbers of cops coming in from all across Canada. I uh, do want to talk more about that, but we actually have Rod, who's on the line with us. He's from Canada, but he's living in China and has been since the beginning of the so-called pandemic. You just told us, Rod, that you've lived in some pretty large cities, population size 5 to 7 million. Uh, you've moved about a bit over the last three years, but you work as a teacher, and you have not worn a mask one time in the last two years to, in China? Uh, no, to work. Oh, to, to work. work. To work. Yeah. Where are you so, being, uh, where are you having to wear a mask? Uh, like, for example, if I go to the mall, there will be a mall cop there that, that requires you to put on your mask. And mm. then maybe 40% of people 
take off their mask uh, as soon as they get past the checkpoint hmm. with the mall cop. Wow. Um, yeah. And um, if you want to go into a public building, a hospital, obviously, uh, then you'll be required to wear a mask. But at work, I don't have to wear a mask. And walking down the street, no such requirement? No, no, absolutely not. Are there any uh, such things as a uh, medical exemption? Like the man that stands at the front of the mall when he confronts you, can you say, you know, whatever, however you say it in Chinese, no, I have a medical exemption? Does that work there? Do you know? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Probably not. The thing is that, that China is kind of a relaxed place. And, you know, if you talk to the cop and you tell him, look, you know, I don't feel good, I can't breathe. You know, chances are the guy is going to tell you, okay, just wear the mask here and then, you know, uh, over there you can take it off. Hmm. Like things things are kind of relaxed um, and um, it's a mixture of tyranny and, and freedom. It's a very hmm. odd place. Um, so, um, and yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm curious, has the, has the vaccine policy been similar to the mask policy? Yeah, that's the other thing. You're not required to get uh, a vaccine. Um, they, you know, once in a while here at work, you know, people will tell, yeah, did you get your vaccine? Okay, man, yeah, think about it. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, now, does that does no, that impact your no uh, your credit at all? Like uh, your social credit score stuff? That that's the that's the other thing about China. Nobody ever talks about that, and nobody is like even Chinese people. A lot of them don't even know about this social credit. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it's very odd what you what you read in the news in the West about China is very different. Now, I don't want to say that this is all dandy, right? Like there are there are instances of tyranny. There have been certain cities and mayors that have gone crazy and have done crazy lockdowns, mm-hmm. but that has been more the exception than the rule. Um, and if you do test positive, you will have people come and get you with a hazmat with the hazmat suit. That was going to be my on. next question because we've seen videos of the hazmat suited yeah. men coming for people and putting them into a quarantine camp. So that those are real. You you're familiar with that happening there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not in general. It's not inhumane. Like they just. I mean, obviously, if you resist, they'll probably bring in the cops, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's usually it's usually not done, you know, in, in a mean way. And the people, you know, uh, like I had a student last week that tested positive, and you know, and then just came. They called the parents. Okay, you know, she has to go into quarantine, and you know, she picked up her her belongings and was taken to a hotel. Here's another question: You mentioned people testing positive. Is there some sort of regime for mandatory testing? in place On, only uh, like you are being tracked um gps wise and if you go to a uh to a high risk area then your your qr code is going to turn uh, maybe uh, red or yellow hmm. and if that happens when you come back to your home community then you're supposed to get a pcr test hmm. and, and show it so that your your code turns green again. So they are um, requiring everyone to have some sort of a Chinese app test, like a testing zones app sort of thing. Uh, well, it's it's kind of built in. Like uh, here, if you want to live a normal life, 
you need to have WeChat and Alipay installed on your phone mm-hmm. for everything, for payments, for all kinds of things, for work. And those apps just track you. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. You know, they're spy apps. Um, so everybody is being tracked and everybody goes, wow. uh, you know, so when you go into a building, they require you that, that QR code. Right? Let me just clarify so, something else here. So, uh, and yeah. you're saying you have to get, you have to show a QR code to go into a building. So is it possible to live as someone who does not have a phone in China that you know of? Yeah, there are people that don't even have IDs, you know, in the countryside. That's possible. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can live on cash. But it's but but it takes you back to the 19th century. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not the type of life that you want to live. So it's sort of like being Amish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of like that. You can't do that. You can't do and that in the cities, though, is what you're saying, right? Like it's just you can't. Uh, in the, yeah, in the city, it's not gonna it's not gonna fly. Yeah. So you have to show a code. In order to go into any business, so if you want to go in, into a restaurant, into a grocery store, no, no. it depends. It's got, it's, yeah, it's kind of China is not like that. Like, like so, so what? Not what does like happen that. if you if your Q if your uh, QR code stays red or or yellow? Then they won't let you into the store or into the mall. Okay, but hold and on. You have to go get. But just to clarify, you have to go your. So you're saying uh-huh. some places require the QR code to enter, but not all. Right. So uh, your your local neighborhood, you know, uh, stores they 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 don't really check. Mm. Like they're supposed to, but they don't. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, wet markets and such. You know, there, sometimes there's a mall cop there. Sometimes he checks. Sometimes he doesn't. Mm. If he knows you, he'll just wave you in. Uh, that kind of thing. But if you want to go into like a major corporate uh, place, you know, a big mall or a big supermarket chain, then these guys are liable, you know, and they they will check everything. So it does sound more free than at least Quebec Quebec province in Canada, where they are absolutely like, you know, you can't go anywhere unless you have a vaccine passport. Uh, Very, very restrictive. More free than most of Canada, like mm-hmm. even Toronto. I'm from Toronto, and my ex-wife lives there, and she tells me it's a, it's a nightmare. You know, she had to get the vaccine. She had to get everything. She's wearing a mask for everything. There's social distancing everywhere. Mm. People are, are crazy. So wow. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about, is- um, you said you've you've traveled between different uh, uh, provinces. Now, uh, I, as I've heard in Canada, you have to have the, the uh, green pass, I think they're calling it, in order to uh, to get on a train or an airplane. Mm-hmm. Is is it similar in China with that, uh, the, the QR code uh, uh, color yes. there? Yes, mm-hmm. because that's a major thing and it's a government run thing and it's, yeah. You you have to have your green code. How do you travel without it? Can you take private conveyances, uh, taxi cabs? Like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You can rent a car. You can take a cab. Mm-hmm. But no getting on a plane or a train in China without a code. That's right. Okay. That's right. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely not as free as New Hampshire, that's for sure, but uh, it is certainly right. sounds better than Canada. <laughs> it's the, interesting. The thing that's right. bothering me about, about what you said earlier is – I think I heard you say that the medical tyranny isn't bad as long because it's not done in a mean way and, when they come and take you away. And as long <laughs> as as long as you don't resist. 
Well, I, it, the thing is that the way it's painted in the West, in the news, is that they come and they beat you up and they take you, right? And that's yeah. I mean, if you resist, right? Done. Well, that's what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, generally, right. in most places, the police state will calmly take you somewhere if you don't provide any resistance. I mean, they don't want to make their jobs... a mean way. They don't so want to make their fine. jobs harder, generally. Uh, Rod, do you have more you right. want to share? If so, I'm happy to keep you, because China's interesting. No, that's... Thank you, Rod, for the call tonight. There's more coming up. Hour two on the way. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. This place is rocking. Everybody's uh, everybody's banging on something here. You are listening to footage from just a little bit earlier this evening. In the streets in Ottawa, Canada, with a big, big party going on here. Peakless, you can see the footage from where you're sitting. The huge number of people in the streets. It's packed. Yeah. Are those French flags? Clearly, it's an occupation. 75% off. Say hi in our chat for the coach. Here, check him out. So this channel, by the way, to give credit uh, where credit is due, is Travel Fun 69. There were, the, the stream, by the way, that we're watching here is actually still live. I'm not playing the live version just because I wanted to find that song because I knew they were singing it earlier. It's a little uh, clean with Eddie, uh, Freddie Mercury. Yeah, and of course, this actually came after ACDC, and they had, uh, they were all, I think the first song they started singing this evening was uh, Fight for Your Right to Party. Uh, uh, (laughs) Ain't that the truth? (laughs) It reminds me of the one that uh, Ernie uses. It's uh, it's another Queen song. Oh, uh, I Want to Break Free. Yeah, that's a good one. one. That's a good one. So, uh, I mean, it's been going like this, or like prior to the show, there were, there was at least an hour to two hours of just straight you know music in the streets partying going on and this came after a long day of police pushback so for those that aren't familiar with what's been going on truck drivers three weeks ago actually more than three weeks ago because it was several days prior to the official start of the protest in ottawa that they were driving across the country so it's been roughly a month at this point since the beginning of this freedom convoy as it's been called in canada they ended up in ottawa three weeks ago 
and they parked their trucks, honked their horns for an extended period of time, ultimately getting threatened by a local court to stop honking or else, and many of them did stop, but they they also agreed prior to that to not honk during the overnight hours because you know people need to sleep or whatever. So that's what kind of generally has been going on. They've been protesting the various different measures uh, that our caller in the last segment was talking about. The the, uh, the Canadian crackdown as far as COVID has is concerned has been pretty significant. Uh, vaccine mandates, vaccine or not mandates, but vaccine passport mandates all throughout all the provinces, uh, masks and all kinds of BS. Very Australia so, of them. Yeah. And mm. so these drivers... Basically, they put their careers on the line. They drove away from doing any kind of actual work and and protested and said, we're staying until this regime is brought down, until Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, resigns, and until these various different measures are completely gotten rid of. I thought it was or. Uh, it depends like who you either, ask. Either all of the mandates are, are withdrawn or Justin Trudeau resigns. It depends who you ask. Some mm. of them said all of the above. Yeah, because I, I finally like I, I finally got uh, an interview with someone on the ground. I was listening to uh, uh, Liberty Lockdown. Mm-hmm. Great program. They had uh, um, uh, Reed Coverdale on recently. Yeah, we had him on mm. last week. Yeah. 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 And uh, he, he finally got a hold of, uh, of one of these like block captains. And uh, he's going over like how just this spontaneous level of organization where like they're they're actually doing an amazing job of keeping within uh, Canadian law and like making sure that every single thing that they're doing is legal and making Mm -hmm. sure that there's enough, uh, you know, room for emergency vehicles and like making sure no one parks, you know, here and there uh, that they're not supposed to be parked at. And I mean, it's just astonishing to see. This is what actually happens when we don't have government telling us what to do. This is the kind of amazing, spontaneous order. And, I mean, they are they are doing the exact opposite of everything that's being reported. Like, they're, uh, it's being reported, oh, they're taking all this food from, from the homeless, so they're making sure to set up one thing after another of free food for the homeless. Yeah, there's been tents I mean, all over the protest area that have been giving food, not just to the homeless, but to anyone who's hungry. Mm-hmm. I mean, if a cop walked up, they'd feed the cop. If it's mm-hmm. the homeless, they're going to feed the homeless. If it's you know just a local resident who wants to eat, they're going to yeah. feed them uh, nonstop. And now those tents have been torn down by the police, the truckers, uh, the trucks themselves, some truckers decided to leave because they knew what was coming, uh, whereas it was yesterday they were smashing windows and forcing their way into RVs and trucks, and so they, uh, they've been calling tow truck companies, and for a long time we heard the tow truck companies weren't going to participate. That was the rumor that the for police... Long, for a long time that was the case. Well, that's what they were saying, but it could just be that they didn't want to come in without enough police to protect them, because mm. as of yesterday and today there are reports and photographs to back it up uh this is coming from pdm or pd mcleod paul mcleod on twitter he says all of the tow truck drivers have covered their vehicles and are wearing bright yellow masks to hide their faces the emergencies act gave the government the power to force apparently the truck drivers to remove vehicles with pay reports were they were afraid to anger the protesters so these cowards uh put a bunch of tape basically over top of their logos so you don't know which tow truck company is actually removing these trucks well, and i wonder what kind of uh, coercion was used 
to uh, convince them on this one? That's a good question. Because, I mean, I, I know for a fact that uh, in most places there are these arrangements between the police and the tow trucks mm-hmm. where, like, you know, they have these little sort of backroom deals of, like, who they call to tow whom and uh, how much they get to charge and whether it's extra fees. And I'm sure that they at least threatened to pull whatever deals they had like that with these guys. I'm I'm thinking about the word choice. Uh, they're calling it the emergency act because mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's an act. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to act like there's an actual emergency <laughs> right. so that when we do deploy violence upon our citizens, uh, our very own people, our very own countrymen, our very own brothers and sisters, that uh, you'll be okay with it mm-hmm. because there was an emer- we're acting like there's an emergency. Yeah, you, you you bring up an interesting question. What level of coercion was brought about on these drivers? And ultimately, we yeah, all how know... Much carrot, how much stick, you know? Yeah, I mean, we yeah. know they were probably threatening them with some sort of punishment, some kind of jail time or whatever, but it really would have been interesting, and maybe some of these drivers did refuse. It would be interesting to see if any of them were arrested and what they were charged with and how that, that court case is going to go. Because I could see how they would be able to put the pressure on the business owner right because that's a central place they've already got an agreement with the police to tow things or whatever so they're violating the agreement and then they add this emergencies act on top of that but the drivers themselves can you force these men to to leave their homes and go to work for the state yeah good question well, uh, they certainly believe that they can. I mean, I I mean these the, these powers were put in place in like 1988 and haven't been used since. Mm-hmm. And it's I, it's fascinating to watch. Like uh, Trudeau is building on the work of his alleged father, who like put in these war powers, and now he's stacking on top of that these emergency powers and actually bringing them into play. Mm-hmm. I don't know how free the the market is in Canada. I know that it somewhat resembles what we have here in the states. So if that's true, then I would imagine that some of these places. These tow truck companies have government contracts, sure. and I would be surprised if they were not threatened with the removal of right. such government They don't want to lose the money. Right. Yeah. And that's big money, right? Like That's probably where, I don't know, I'm just going to guess, a huge chunk, if not the majority, of a lot of these tow truck companies' business comes from. Right. I mean, yeah, you, every now and then they're probably pulling from a par, private lot or whatever, right. but a lot of times it's going to be people pulled over by the cops who are then getting impounded. And they get a they get a piece of the impound, I imagine. Yep. And uh, and they're getting a piece of the the actual toes. So. And and one thing I'd like to point out, just as sort of a, a zoom out moment on this, because we were talking about uh, you know the guy from from Canada who lives in China now, yeah. And like how they are in many ways less tyrannical there. I mean, a big part of that is they already have these. I mean, whether people think about them or not, they have these social credit systems there. They have these tracking programs, yeah. these green passes, so they don't have to be as brutal in in inducing this because they can find you exactly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll tell you this much: the the Canadian government. Government will not forgive. They will not forget. Everyone who's funded these people, everyone who's gone to these protests, they are going to come after them when this is over. And they have actually stated that. There was a press conference. I don't know if it was today, but I saw the clip today of presumably the Ottawa police chief, who's, by the way, the interim police chief, because the police chief who started during this, or who was the police chief during all this, resigned Good. during these uh, these protests. This guy should follow suit. And this, well, you know, he wants to get his pension, like the rest of these cops who are thugs and using... Le- Batons and bats. We'll tell you more. (laughs) 
It is Free Talk Live. Phones open here if you want to join us. Live Saturday edition. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's Ian Peakless Mountaineer. Some guy with his hands over his ears, but he can still hear somehow. This is weird. (laughs) We are going to get back into your phone calls and thoughts coming up here. We're digging into what happened today in Ottawa. We've been covering this in great detail as much as we can given that we can't actually be there uh in ottawa to back these guys up but the good news is there's a lot of people there and so we, we don't really need to be there but uh you know there's probably thousands of people still in the streets right now in ottawa and what they're doing now is they are putting up fences so earlier today and for the last day or so... Who's putting up fences? The police. Okay. Uh, so for the last day or so, they've been moving people out of the protest zone by Parliament Hill. And which is, that was where the, the major, like there was a stage set up, there was a ton of trucks that were parked, mm-hmm. uh, there was a party atmosphere, speakers, there was a crane truck, there's all kinds of like tents giving out free food, bouncy houses for the kids... They've shut all that down. They've removed dozens of trucks from the area by force. They broke into some trucks, smashing windows. Uh, they, I saw nice of them. footage of them using a pry bar to pry open RV doors and get into people's vehicles. Uh, it's been absolutely horrifying what these goons have been doing to a completely peaceful protest. And, of course, lying about it officially at the same time. The Ottawa Police account on Twitter, you're going to love this one. Earlier today, this is 10 hours ago, they posted this. Protesters, we told you to leave. We gave you time to leave. We were slow and methodical, yet you were assaultive and aggressive with officers and the horses. Based on your behavior, we are responding by including helmets and batons for our safety. Yeah, you know, clubs are always a thing that people have for their safety. (laughs) Armaments of any kind are, you know, I mean, yes, of course, in a philosophical sense, they are for your safety. But when you're a police force uh, going out to take on uh, a street full of protesters, SWAT gear, uh, you know, is there for intimidation, not for your safety. Well, and, you know, the the weaponry that I've seen all of them armed with is uh, invisible. The protesters, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the idea that they were assaultive and aggressive with the horses? No, it was the other way How around. How dare you put your body under the hooves of my poor <laughs> right. horses? Yeah, they literally trampled people. I've seen the footage of it happening. Uh, it's absolutely horrifying. That and happened then, yesterday. And then refused to let them like grab them and bring them to medical attention. Yeah. If uh, you happen to be listening to this and you're one of the SWAT-dressed people or one of the officers involved there with law enforcement there in Ottawa at the protests, you are the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they should quit their jobs. Immediately. Or at the very least, yeah. go home. Yeah. Because you you know you could probably like still go after real criminals. Even better, they're not at this protest. Even better would be at the protest the next time you're deployed to crowd control or whatever your assignment is, and you're standing there in front of a bunch of people. Just go ahead, take your helmet off, put your baton down, turn around, and join the other side. Yeah, some of the guys in the uh, people in the crowd keep trying to persuade the police to do just that, and it's just it's just never going to happen. These guys they bought in completely to the status paradigm. They're there. They got to protect their. It pensions. only takes one. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, you can't argue someone out of what they weren't argued into in the first place. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get my hopes up for that well, one. My hopes are not up, but yeah. boy, it sure would be nice. It wouldn't would that be, be great nice. video footage for something to go viral is to see an actual tyrant put down his cloak of tyranny and turn around and join the rest of the freedom-loving people? I made notes as one of the streamers today counted off the different cops that they'd seen from the various different places in Canada. So obviously you got the Ontario uh, Provincial Police, which I guess is kind of like the equivalent of like the sheriffs, basically. Uh, you've got the Edmonton Police. That's from all the way over in Alberta yep. province. You've got uh, the Quebec Provincial Cops, who a lot of the people on the videos were saying these are some of the most violent cops out there. Uh, the Toronto City Police, the Calgary Police. Who's left to protect all these other places? Great question. Well, that's one of the things. Well, well, this is what happens when police leave other places to protect somewhere else. The other places do just fine without them. (laughs) Well, and that was the uh, the point that nobody was making last night on the air is the protesters need to split up. They need to, okay, let's leave. We've lost the ground in Ontario. Decentralize. Yeah, let's hit the Mm -hmm. cities and give them a tough time elsewhere. Yeah, if you're going to fight for peace, maybe don't make yourself such a target. Well, I mean, they. I don't. There's not a lot I have as far as criticism of this protest. It's been a tremendous success. Well, I I agree, but I mean, like, you well, you you have stayed in one place doing one thing for long enough for them to start adapting. Yes, so, that's like, true. You got to get back on your toes, put your head back on a swivel. I love nobody's idea of like you know. I mean, obviously, most of the people are going to stay here anyway. Yeah, but like send a contingent to some other city to like maybe rally some other peace lovers right and do it now while there's no cops there right if if your measure of success is did they get a lot of press and a lot of attention then sure it's been a raving success yeah if the idea of success is uh, they get trudeau to step down and lift all the mandates that hasn't happened yet well the mandates are being lifted supposedly and i mean a lot of the stuff is being lifted not only in canada but everywhere else i mean like and, and it's just little things here in there like i mean the the irs has pulled back on their like uh uh, uh biometric facial identification stuff and like For it's now. just little thing yeah oh i know i know mm. i'm not saying that they're not going They'll to bring do this. it back yeah. i mean these are authoritarians they do the exact same thing they will back off to the precise millimeter to get you to calm down to whatever police will put, home, people will yeah. put up with you. Yeah. Right. And then as soon as you have gone back there, they will encroach again. Uh, I want to go to David. He's calling us from Michigan. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, right on, Ian. Thank you, and gentlemen. Sure. Hey. Can it, can it go right into my thought? Sure. Go ahead. But you left out you left out the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. <laughs> yeah. They're That's right. right. They're there, too. And I'll tell you what. Let me ask you guys this. Excuse my voice, I got a little rough throat, but evidently here in the U.S., the truckers are starting to mount up themselves and head to Washington. How is Biden and his so-called crew going to handle that with all his on his plate? I'd love to see it happen. Um, What I don't like is... The whole Canadian thing has given time for Biden's advisors, because we know Biden's an idiot, mm-hmm. given time for Biden's advisors to sort of think about what they might do if this were to happen to somewhere like D.C. or some big city or whatever. So, Heck, guys, he can't that they can't get through the Roman numerals in the pretext of what is to be done. Look what 
he's happening in Europe. Now, just across a creek in Canada, I'm Michigan, about an hour from Detroit. Yep. And I'll tell you, Windsor, just last week, we're all automotive here in Jackson. We supply parts, ship them down I-94, cross the Ambassador Bridge, and look at the tyrants there. And look, he's not going to step down. Are you kidding me? Well, yeah, he, exactly. he's definitely, yeah, he's definitely not going to step down. Uh, the police are coming in hard and heavy. David, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. And we'll see what happens in the U.S. if it actually transpires. It's supposedly going to start Wednesday. We'll see about that. Hey. You are going to love the movie Victimless Crime Spree. It's hilarious, heartwarming, and carries a ton of inspiring freedom messages. Feeling down about the lack of liberty in your life? You need to put on this film with some friends and have a good laugh. It's a true story about me and my friends in New Hampshire living free, singing, dancing, and getting arrested. Of course, it's all on video, and the bad guys, the cops, judges, bailiffs, and sheriffs, they all play their part like it's out of a movie or something. You would think we scripted the whole thing, but it's real life. Go ahead and have a watch, and if it's been a while, have another look. I guarantee you'll notice things now that you didn't notice before. And the best part is that you're going to walk away feeling a renewed sense of your own power. You are the master of your destiny, and you will be free in your lifetime. Victimless Crime Spree. Talk live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. The number 603 283 6160. Open phones as always at 603 283 And with you tonight, you've got Ian, Peakless Mountaineer, and the captain. Uh, of course, you can bring up whatever is on your mind. That is the point of the program. We've been talking about Ottawa, and we're going to continue to discuss it as a, a man in a robe issued an order. To some Those crypto guys in robes, man. Yeah, cryptocurrency companies. We'll talk about what that was in a little bit. Uh, also, just kind of giving you a recap of what happened today on the ground uh, there in Ottawa. I was, you know, fixated to for the most part all day on some of this footage. I managed to do some other things, but I was constantly listening and or watching. Yeah. Uh, out of at least one eye what was going on in the streets and it was more of what happened yesterday which is lines of cops usually at least three cops deep sometimes more uh many of whom had truncheons long wooden poles and you know batons and were using those at different points to push the crowd of freedom convoy protesters in whichever direction they wanted them to go and so what they had accomplished uh, today was to move them completely out of Wellington Street, which is the street that runs parallel to the uh, the Capitol there, the Parliament Hill. 
So that was the main protest area. That was where everything, most most of the trucks were set up. The stage was set up. They've removed the protesters completely from Wellington Street. They moved them down some of the uh, the perpendicular streets, and they they just continued to push. And of course, they're pushing as violently as possible. They're hitting people with their uh, their batons. The Dan Dix from Press for Truth was knocked down uh, by the police, jabbed in the ribs. A uh, woman from Rebel News, Alexandra, I believe is her name, mm-hmm. she was also attacked. She was shot, she believes, with a gas canister, even though the police claim Ew. they weren't using gas. But she was shot in the leg with something uh, by the police, and that caused her quite a bit of pain. Do you know this area that they've cleared? Does that happen to be where the politicians go to like work and stuff? Yes, Parliament Hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is where they are. I'm just saying mm-hmm. because they're not clearing any other space, right? They're clearing no. the the politicians are bothered when they look out their office window by the protesters, and Correct. so they've said we don't want to see that unsightly rubbish. Well, and this, so, this is why the first thing they did is say, hey, stop honking those horns. We can mm-hmm. actually hear those. Those are mildly annoying the powerful people. Right. The state is pre- you know, pretending, like if you look at the Ottawa police's releases on their uh, Twitter, they're acting like, oh, this is all about our residents. We need to return our city to normal for the residents. But yeah, that's not going to happen. Clearing the- where the politicians yeah. work has nothing to do with your people and their residents. Right. They've moved the protesters, basically. And there's still, I don't know how many thousands of protesters in the streets in what is now 10 degree weather. I mean, it wasn't that much warmer earlier today when the sun was out. It's been below freezing for the past two days. And these people are so hardcore. These Canadians, they are out there for hours. Some of these guys streaming for hours, six, seven hours at a time. Peakless was making the point during the commercial when we were talking about just think about this for a minute. It is 10 degrees in Canada, yeah. far north. It's the middle of the freaking winter. Like, I mean, if more emphasis needed to be put on this thing, there are people who won't even think about freedom in a winter you know, environment. Right. And, and this is one of those things, like, you can, you can look at all of the information, all of the literature, the math, the statistics, never... I like almost never ever is there a a protest in the middle of winter. Right, Certainly uh, never one that starts in the middle of I winter. I think it uh all the Wall Street stuff, uh, the Arab Spring, mm-hmm. it wasn't the Arab winter, right. right? You know, none of that, right? This should right. be called the Canadian winter is what it should be called. Well, and I do think that's a big part of why this was so effective is no one saw this coming. Like the people don't protest in the middle of winter. Yeah. Canadians are generally very agreeable people. Yep. Yep. So I mean to Oh, to, sorry. Yeah, to to suddenly have a far northern protest in the middle of winter being performed by very polite people is it, it, it just it came out of left field. And it got to the point today where some of the uh, Canadians had lost the politeness and understandably so there were a lot of F-bombs uh, going off as the police were attacking and understandably so. I mean, the cops were, uh, you know, on one hand there were still those who were trying to like persuade the police to join them and then there were others who were just saying, you guys are thugs. You guys are the worst. You have no souls. Uh, you're absolutely awful. Don't you have, you know, any conscience whatsoever? And no, many of these uh, men uh, do not. Those who have a conscience would have refused to have uh, attended this particular mm-hmm. event. But uh, the Ottawa police tweeting out just one hour ago, demonstrators, you must leave. As night falls, it is unsafe to stay. Get out of the cold wow. and cease further unlawful activity. Anyone within the unlawful protest site may be arrested. 
And I presume when they talk about the unlawful protest yeah, sites... Like, oh, do you have designated lawful protest areas? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're talking about... I honestly would not be surprised. I mean, I remember back when there were a lot of uh, anti-war rallies, uh, like uh, back during the Obama days, like they specifically had this within these chain link fences. Mm-hmm. This is the free speech zone. And they literally now have uh, not just not chain link fences, but they have large fence like industrial kind of fencing that they brought in to cordon these protesters into a certain area. I don't know how many streets they're in right now, but footage I'm watching from tra- uh, Travel Fund 69. They're, they're wrangling the cattle. Is yes, what that's doing. exactly they're what they've done. The they've, cattle. they've set up the cage for the cattle. They brought and, in some sheepdogs. Yeah. Uh, we're going to continue here. Your calls and thoughts are welcome. Robert is in South Carolina listening to WTMA. Go ahead, Robert. Yes, sir. I, I just wanted to say that you know, I, I, during my life, and about half of which was in Germany and the other half here in the United States, um, you know, I've discovered that really if you want to get any changes done in society, the best way you can do it is to whisper in the ears of the people who can do something about it. And usually they'll just grunt a little bit, and the next time you look in a law book, it's changed to the way you had recommended. I have no idea what you're Give talking about. Give me an example of you accomplishing this here in the United States. Well, I have to let me think for a second now. Well, I can give you a contrary example of doing absolutely none of that. So uh, we libertarians have for a very long time been chanting, end the Fed. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you one thing. We weren't going to end that through whispering in the right ear. We weren't going to end that even through getting the right favor in the right person. No, we're ending that because we're going around it. We are forming an alternative system where we do not rely on the tyrants. But Robert's full of it, but I want to give him a chance to answer sure. the captain's question. So go ahead. Give us an okay. example. Well, okay. Let me try to think. <clears throat> um, uh, if you wanted, for example, a, a building permit, you uh, go, go to the right to, to, to build to the board. And then if it doesn't work out, you talk to the individual members of the board and see what why they wouldn't give you the building permit to have a commercial building, let's say, in an area that was that could be residential or commercial, and then see what they have to say. And then we'll talk about the, the things that could be done with the property to make sure, make sure it looks nicely for, for – it could be – it looks nice as a, in a residential okay. area. That's not what you told us. Is this something okay. that you yourself did? Um. Even if he himself did that, it's not what he described in the beginning. He made it sound like you could just whisper in somebody's ear, and you know they know they owe you a favor, so they're going to they're going to do something for you. And what you're talking about is doing what the government goons tell you to do, and having conversations where they tell you what to do, and then you do it with your property. So then you can come back and beg them again, and then maybe they'll give you the permit, which is a permission slip to do something with something that you own. So Robert, here's here's how it should work. Robert, here's how it should work. You own some property, uh, you build whatever the heck you want on it, and when the goons come and try and tell you, oh, you can't build that here, you hurl the bird in their general direction. Yeah, and that would be nice if you could do that. Thank you, Robert, for the call tonight. But then they'll send men with guns over. Well, of course. And they will kill you if you continue to resist. That's the reality that people like Robert continue to ignore. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it's it's hiding behind this thin veil of bureaucracy doesn't mean that it's not yeah that it's not deadly. Yeah, they first send you a letter, so it's totally fine with it. It is important to remember though that that is the world that we're building is where your property rights actually matter, and no one can just walk in and say I own that. 
We got more coming up. You can share your thoughts with us. The number is 603-283-6160. Whether it's on Ottawa or obedience, the police state or whatever is on your mind, it is a live Saturday show. This is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. you want. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And the captain. We are talking about what's happening in what has been happening and what is continuing to happen in the city of Ottawa, Canada, the capital city there, where for three solid weeks there have been protesters uh, in the downtown area surrounding the Parliament Hill. However, now they have been moved away from Parliament Hill as the Canadian goon squads have come in from all across the country. I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of shock troops they have there, but they're armed with batons, they're armed with gas canisters, they're armed with pepper spray, and I definitely saw them on the various different streams. There's a a ton of people streaming live uh, video onto various different platforms out there, but I definitely saw pepper spray being used against peaceful protesters today, and I definitely saw people getting beaten, uh, basically, with these uh, sticks. Not like... Rodney King style per se, but being checked with them real hard and hitting the ribs and knocking people down. And it's been a pretty violent day on the part of the police. The protesters, of course, have remained completely peaceful despite what the police are saying. So there's the what the mainstream media is saying, which is whatever the police say. So the police lie and then the mainstream media goes ahead and parrots uh, those lies. We've been following this situation as it develops. Right now, the protesters have been moved off of Wellington Street, which is the area in front of Parliament Hill, into some of the side streets. They've been pushed down at least a block down these uh, side streets. And now that it's nighttime, the police have to go home and sleep, right? So this is what they did last night as well. They erect these large fences and then they cut the police force down. So there's still some cops. There's the overnight cops. And, of course, the probably the number of protesters tends to go well, down, too. And, and what was that thing they were saying about, like, it's going to get dangerous here at night? Yeah, they were threatening. The police were threatening the uh, people. On, it uh, makes you their- wonder, like, the these graveyard you know, SWAT police, whatever. What did they do wrong to get this assignment, right? You know, these got to be like the guys <laughs> in their department. New. who, are, Yeah, they're either new yeah. and they're being hazed or they screwed up on the job somehow. And they're yeah. like, all right, Reynolds, you're on third shift SWAT duty. Honestly, though, the this shift is probably the easiest shift because the the protesters are penned in now. Earlier in the day, it was literally ranks of cops, like two or three cops deep, holding back the the masses from you know moving back into the the main protest area now they've literally got i don't know 10 foot high fences that have been set up and basically they're okay, shooting at people get okay. in your cages yeah, yeah they're basically shooting at people if they come and threaten to take the fences down so so uh edmund or edwin lundstrom says they were releasing gas just prior uh, to him mentioning it earlier he says although it may be pepper balls so it sounds to me like anybody that's threatening to come at those fences they are using weaponry against them if you're listening to this program and you are 
a an experienced cattle rancher who perhaps is well-spoken and can tell us the difference between what they're doing here in Canada and what you do to wrangle cattle. 603-283-6160. We're going to continue here, but we got River Dave on the line. He's in New Hampshire calling us from the river. River Dave. Hey, guys. Good to hear you. Hey, Dave. Hey, I'm you sitting too. in a tent right now that's on the side of my woodshed because they burned my camp down. You yeah. guys know that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I know you were calling about uh, your camp and all that. I'm just curious. I know you do a lot of listening to the radio, River Dave. You don't have internet out there. Have you heard any reporting in the mainstream media on what's happening there in Ottawa? Yes, I have. I've been listening to the radio a lot. And uh, it's good of you guys keeping it up. I jump around every time they get a commercial on somewhere. I go to a different station. Mm-hmm. So I don't listen to anybody regularly. I think you guys got a good station there. I wish they would put the, uh, Peter St. James on there more hours. Uh, uh, but I'm morning. curious as to what the mainstream media has been saying. What have you been hearing about the situation in Ottawa on, like, you know, the news it, it, or whatever? So much propaganda that I just don't uh, – uh, it just completely almost makes you want to puke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these guys have got a good legal uh, uh, reason for protesting, uh, just do. like I have. I'm, you know, I'm sitting down here. They've arrested me seven times. Wow. And, you know uh, – uh, they took me to the Concord police station, beat my head against a wall. I Ugh. woke up at Concord Hospital with my thumb ripped, putting it off. Um, you know, I'm an old man, and I had handcuffs on in the Concord Ugh. Police Department. Did that to an old man. How now, long ago was this uh, incident with Concord? Oh, that, this was probably 10, 12 years ago. Oh, wow. it was, you know, see, I started uh, filming this sludge business back in the late 90s, so I've been fighting with these people since the 90s. Yeah, it's it's been a continuous battle. But And it's the worst uh, to do something like that when you're all alone. I mean, yeah. you don't have dozens of people backing you up. You're literally all by yourself out there. That is absolutely true, but that is the very, very best part of it because I don't get anybody else in trouble. That's well, what I tell everybody. <laughs> it's one way to look at it. Tend to support me, but don't give your name. <laughs> tell them, old Dave did it. Well, <laughs> old Dave did it. It's also interesting, too, because they can't go and say, like, threaten somebody that you know dave is really close to if he's you know such a lone wolf yeah that's why i try to stay away from my good friends because i don't want to get them in hey anyway i wanted to let you know i i had some a professional photographer come and take pictures of those uh buried tires uh they're under the stall right now what i'm wondering is just how illegal is it to have several thousand car tires buried in your backyard Probably not very legal would be my guess. <laughs> well, this is Fish and Games land, mm. and they've got two 36-inch culverts about 80 feet long in the wetlands with absolutely no permits. And they're finding they, they want to arrest me again and make me clean up the mess where they burned my camp. <laughs> wow. i got to go to court again my Oh, seven. my God. Uh, yep. So, Insane. Well, of course, uh, so they'll I, never I, enforce yeah. the law on themselves. Hmm. You know, even if you catch no, them. That, that's why they gave this this piece of land to fish and game, because these tires are illegal and the culverts are illegal. You can actually see the culverts if you go to uh, River Dave on your uh, smartphone. Uh, there's pictures of them on there. Uh, Just go to uh, River Dave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> River Dave and River Dave documentary. All right. Uh, I, he, 
Well, yeah. River Dave, and, uh, uh, thanks for the update. Good to hear from you. And hey, in- I, I, I actually got two state reps to talk about those cat tires, and they are talking about it in this uh, uh uh, legislature right now. So well, I we hope got... that that results in them abolishing fish and game, but I doubt that that's going to be the proposal made because that well, would be I, how you I solve this wanna, problem. I, I, I don't want fish and game abolished, but land management for fish and game should never, ever, if it even started. <laughs> why it's fish? But and why game not just abolish the whole land? thing? I mean, why should any bureaucrat be able to tell you what you can do? Because uh, I might have a turkey feather in my hat, and you know that's illegal, boy. <laughs> I don't get it. You know, no. well, fishing game will arrest you if you you shoot a turkey. Right. Uh, Why uh, wouldn't you want to <laughs> abolish them and stop them from arresting people for that crap? <laughs> I do, but I, you know, what can I do about it? I can sit down here and and shoot off my mouth. Yeah. But. I, well, it, it's important because some people listen to you, River Dave, and if River Dave is saying, you know what, we need to get rid of uh, fish and game, then maybe somebody will take it seriously. Maybe these state reps that you're talking to will uh, will put that forward. I thank you for the call tonight. I do appreciate hearing from you. I mean, I understand that's that's something that people don't really consider is no one ever considers. Should we abolish the entire bureaucracy? Well, why don't we just rearrange the deck chairs? Why yeah. don't we just change the rules? Why don't we just change out the people? Yeah, the, well, the, the word the word you're looking for there is reform, right? You mm-hmm. hear all the time in the political yeah. sphere. Oh, we got to refer. Never mind that your idea didn't work in the first frickin' place. It didn't work so bad that now people want to you know do something about it to change it and make it work. But it never does because it doesn't belong in existence in the first place. Yeah, I mean, in the in like 1850, you think it dawned on the average individual that we could just get rid of slavery entirely? No, it just did not occur to them that that was a real possibility. Mm, yeah. Then lo and behold, within a generation it's gone yeah the organization known as the state or more commonly referred to as the government is slavery right mm-hmm. when people say oh slavery was about no it wasn't most of it was abolished but you left this one ingredient that's still terrorizing people all right. over the globe all over the planet it's called the government statism is slavery and you are its slave yeah, and when people will finally wake up to this, I don't know. I, I don't think we're close to it at this point. But oh, if we, I think people, by the looks of it, people are starting to stir. Well, they're stirring, but they only are seeing what the current structure is as, you know, corrupted. They think they can still change things. They think, oh, in Canada, we get rid of Justin Trudeau, and we put one of the good guys in, then the yeah. state will be great, yeah. and we can sing Oh Canada well, all and night give long. give them a minute to watch what happens when they try to push for the, the minarchy, the constitutional republic that they want, and see what the state really is. Oh, well, they're showing what the state really is here. It is a, you know, soulless, heartless thuggish, faceless mass that well, will that's one kill way to spooner pill people on these things. Well, I think it's a step, you know, it's a step in the right direction, but I'm not going to say this is spooner pilling. More coming up here. We can talk about what that is as well. Hour number 3 is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind here. The number, 603-283-6160. We kick off the third hour on this live Saturday episode. With you tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And the captain. 603-283-6160. We've been talking a lot 
throughout the show about Ottawa and the protests that continue now in their third week of completed their third week. So I guess starting the fourth week, although the trucks are by and large removed at this point, tow truck drivers have been threatened with violence apparently, by the Canadian government to force them somehow. We're not sure exactly how that works under the so-called Emergencies Act. Uh, These drivers uh, then went went to work for the government and covered their faces up, covered their logos up on their trucks because they're, you know, embarrassed about what they're doing. But they're too chicken to, to refuse. And just a quick, like, universal thought here. So there is this mad idea that, okay, well, we can have a normal government, but then there'll be this exception for an emergency. Mm. Like, no. Where no rights exist, no, and they do whatever that's, they want. That's, that's insane. That's, that's... If, you're, if you have this right during an emergency, then you have this right. And, if you yeah. do not have this right during an emergency, you do not have this right. And now, because we know that governments monkey see monkey do... If they haven't already, any government around planet Earth, doesn't matter where you live, where you reside, any government around planet Earth now will, of course, begin declaring emergencies where there are none just for the excuse to exercise that power. Well, of Double course. secret probation. I mean, emergency state. Yes. I mean, that's what COVID has been. There's there's no emergency yes. with yes. COVID, but they yeah. manufactured if, it. If you can host and have a Super Bowl, there is no emergency. Well, Indeed. and it's the same idea of like, well, well, we're at war. That's totally different. It's like, no. no. If I have these rights during war, then I have these rights. If I don't have them during war, <laughs> during an emergency, during whatever weird little thing you want to make up. It's the thing about rights. They, they don't go away. Right. <laughs> you Indeed. have them as much as you exercise them. Well, whether the state will recognize them is ultimately the question. Because oh, we they can won't. believe in rights, but they just don't care what we believe in. They're going to do whatever they want to do, and they're likely going to get away with it. Uh, but let's let's look at one of the uh, news stories, Captain, that uh, would I think caught all of our attention today, which is the judge's so-called order yeah. from Ontario Superior Court. <laughs> Regarding cryptocurrency addresses. Now, yesterday we discussed that the FinTrack, which is the equivalent of FinCEN here in the U.S., FinTrack is what it's called in Canada. The financial goons basically had sent out a demand to all financial regulated entities, which, you know, banks, uh, cryptocurrency exchanges, whoever else. And they said, thou shalt not do business with these people. And these accounts, these cryptocurrency accounts, there were 34, most of them were Bitcoin, if I recall correctly, addresses. Mm-hmm. And there was a few other cryptocurrency addresses from other cryptos like Ethereum. And I think they even had a Monero address as though they could do anything <laughs> about Monero. Uh, but they, they said, thou shalt not do any business. And we talked about this last night and what that meant. Because the ma- mainstream media doesn't understand cryptocurrency and the government people, most of them don't either. Right. So they just say things, and then the mainstream media parrots it, and they say, oh, the government said that uh, these crypto wallets couldn't do anything anymore. No, the government told its regulated businesses that they weren't allowed to do business with anyone in possession of those addresses. So whatever Canadian cryptocurrency exchanges there are, are now under court order to say, if someone tries to deposit Bitcoin from these 30-something addresses, you must refuse to, to accept it. Right. That's basically, or if they want to withdraw Bitcoin to one of these addresses, you must refuse to withdraw it. That's basically all that they did. 
But now there's more, Captain. You've got the story. Well, so I just want to say that the entities, uh, the financial in- institutions where mm-hmm. this demand was made, uh, includes TD Canada Trust, ATB Financial, and then fundraising platforms and websites include GoFundMe, GiveSendGo, uh, Bull Bitcoin, Tallycoin, which we know is it's a Bitcoin the, fundraising the Bitcoin site. fundraising site that uh, sort of stepped in when uh, the first. Uh, GoFundMe was shut down. Bitbuy, ShakePay, Satoshi Portal, Billis, Binance Smart Chain, Pancake Swap, and <laughs> and and a, a a wallet called Nunchuck. I guarantee you, the majority of those businesses are not even uh, located in Canada. So this story that I have is from CoinDesk.com, but I want to talk specifically about Nunchuck. Yeah, because they were which sent, I never heard of, but uh, it's a wallet company. They're a wallet provider. Mm-hmm. They were sent. One of these letters. I don't have a copy oh, and, of uh, the letter itself. For 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 anyone not uh, not you know familiar, I, the wallet is the piece of software that lets you uh, interact with these blockchains to send and receive cryptocurrency. Right, without uh, circumventing banks and governments. Right, uh, by design. Uh, so the Ontario Superior Court of Justice asked non-custodial wallet provider Nunchuck to freeze Canadians' crypto assets. With them. Oh, no, no. The courts don't ask. This is the... Res- mm. okay. Courts don't ask. No, they, they call it asking. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and just a, another quick note. So non-custodial means it's actually the person's. It's not like uh, put in someone else's hands. Thank Correct. you. Yeah, For anybody who's dealing with cryptocurrencies, not your keys, not your coins. Mm-hmm. Not your keys, not your coins. Everybody out there in Radio Land, say it with me. Not, not your, your keys, keys, not, not your, your coins. coins. All right. So... Uh, the wallet provider, Nunchuck, provided a rebuttal to the request. Right. And it's been made public. And it's pretty entertaining. Uh, so it says, <laughs> Dear Ontario Superior Court of Justice, Nunchuck is a self-custodial... I wish they'd have put justice in quotes. <clears throat> yeah, I wish they would. <laughs> Nunchuck is a self-custodial, collaborative, multi-sig built Bitcoin wallet... We are a software provider, not a custodial financial intermediary. Our software is free to use, and it allows people to eliminate single points of failures and store Bitcoin in the safest way possible while preserving privacy. We do not collect any user identification information beyond an email address. We also do not hold any keys. Remember, not your keys, not your coins? Mm-hmm. All right. Therefore... We cannot freeze our users' assets. We cannot prevent them from being moved. We do not have the knowledge of the existence, nature, value, and location of our users' assets. This is by design. <laughs> Please look up how self-custody and private keys work. This is next line's the best part. When the Canadian dollar becomes worthless, we will be here to serve you too. <laughs> Sincerely... The Nunchuck team. Zing! Yeah. Bravo. Very well, well said. Done. I, I just I just love that letter so much. Yeah. I read it and I'm like, this has to be read on air. Yeah. Just, well, just spoke to me. As much as it is, you know, just nauseating to see this level of tyranny, and as 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 frustrating to me as it is to watch these these tyrants pretend like they have the power over cryptocurrency, yeah. it is beautiful to see this as our test case i mean these incredibly courageous americans who are absolutely inspiring change throughout the planet who have been who have been 
stolen directly from who the mandates have been put out. You are not allowed to trade with these people and we will come after you if you do. And they're just powerless if you use the alternative. Correct. If you're not in their system, you're, if you're using cryptocurrencies, even though things like Bitcoin are traceable and they are able to identify, you know, in some cases, who has which wallets, you can still do it without asking permission. You can still send and receive value to another individual yeah. or from another individual without asking anyone's permission, and there's nothing they can do about it. And if you want that extra layer of privacy, you go to Monero. And then it's over for the state. They can't even look and see who's sending you money. They don't even know. Even if you have a a public Monero address, and some of the the truckers have put their Monero addresses out there publicly, it's like a black box. The state cannot see in there. They don't know how much funds you've been sent. They don't know what you've sent from the wallet to where you've sent it or from where you've received it. And it's only going to get more that like these should these features should be inherent in all cryptocurrencies yeah, and they will be, nice. be at some point. I don't know if that's true, but uh, well, there's more coming up here. We can talk about it. This is Free Talk Live six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. You can join us. Free Talk Live. Phones open here. You can join us as uh, we continue. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Eagles Mountaineer. And Captain Kickass. And we want you to know that you can go to ForkFest coming up in about four months from now. It is a camping festival that happens after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is not quite sold out. I'm talking about the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It was, as of last weekend, at 82% sold out. I don't know how close it is this weekend, but it's going to be, I'm going to guess it's going to be sold out by the end of the Liberty Forum at the latest. I was making my arrangements for Pork and Fork, Mm -hmm. and I was on the Rogers Campground website, and their website is like, we're full up. Oh, yeah. We're full up. The campground is sold out. Yeah. The tickets, not yet. Right, yeah. And I Uh, did, did, uh, well... I, I need to pay for it yet, but uh, thanks to uh, co-host Aria, I have a ticket to Pork, nice. pork Fest. All right, cool. So I, I still need to pay her. So. Yeah, we are expecting uh, to broadcast Free Talk Live from both the Porcupine Freedom Festival and Fork Fest. The nice thing about Fork Fest is it doesn't have a ticket, so you don't have to worry about paying for tickets because yeah. there are none. Uh, you just have to get your RV site or your camping site or your motel room from Rogers Campground and then come on out and hang out with other liberty-minded people between the dates of June 27th through July 3rd. So June 27th through July 3rd, that will be the 6th annual Fork Fest. You can go to the unofficial Fork Fest website at forkfest.party to learn more about the event. That's forkfest.party. And I say unofficial because there's nothing official when it comes to Fork Fest. It's just a bunch of people who care about freedom hanging out in the woods. It will be a much it's, smaller it's event than the Porcupine Free, uh, Freedom Festival. So if you want something that, to happen there, you need to be the one to bring it. Uh, you cannot expect other people to you know, provide for you. It is much more of a kind of decentralized event. So if there's something you want to see happen, whether it's a poker table or uh, you know, a cookout or whatever, yeah, you got to do that. I mean this in the clinical term of the word pretentious. Forkfest is less pretentious. Than pork fest, right? Porcupine Freedom Festival. There's like scheduled things, yeah, and sure. you know things are going to happen at this time, and and over here in this area. Whereas Fork Fest is a little more easygoing, shall we say, with it, it things is of that a, nature, fully decentralized and nearly permissionless. Yes, 
Indeed, except for the permission of the campground itself, right? exactly. from which you do need to rent a, a space. Exactly, and, but you don't have some organization that you have to ask for permission to have an event there. Correct. So do what you want. Head over to ForkFest.Party and mark your calendar June 27th through July 3rd. Again, no tickets needed. You just got to get your spot. All right, so we're going to continue with your calls and thoughts. Uh, one of you guys asked for a cattle rancher to call <laughs> in tonight. and I, I was hoping somebody could explain the difference between what cattle ranchers do when they're wrangling cattle. Cattle and cattle what prods. the and what the well, well both the, the SWAT teams or the riot they had batons police today but yeah they they both use versions of the cattle prod but like you know do the principles of wrangling cattle also apply to riot police wrangling protesters Tommy's on the line listening in Farmington New Mexico to K E N N Tommy you're on Free Talk Live go ahead good evening how are you doing hey, hey Tommy it's on your mind oh the uh Talking about cattle, uh, you know, a 1,500-pound to 2,000-pound animal has been a kind of condition to go from, you know, pasture to pasture and can move them around, a man and a horse. Mm -hmm. But generally, when you want to make them do something, you gently push them. They don't even realize they're being pushed for a short period of time Hmm. until you get them in a closed area like a corral. And once they're in that corral... You can start to separate the bulls from the cows, separate the calves out, and then individually you can vaccinate them, you can earmark them, you can brand them, you can castrate them, you can vaccinate the cows, and you do that because they get them uh, convinced in, and the fact that they're buffaloed to think that they don't really know their strength. An animal that powerful, if they knew their strength, Mm. could actually take down a man and a horse very, very easily. What a fantastic metaphor that is. Wow. Very it, interesting. It kind of looks like, you know, herding cattle is just like herding people, putting them in an enclosure and then picking them out one at a time and doing what you want to do with them. That's kind of what they were doing in yeah. Ottawa, where they would push the crowd of the peaceful protesters back and, of course, pick off a few. And then they'd yeah, go right. and, exactly. you know, arrest them and then release exactly them somewhere else. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think we are pressing the definition of metaphor. (laughs) Simile? No, wait, what are we looking at? I'm Uh, pretty sure this isn't like, this isn't like it. This isn't a a, a similarity, a reflection. No, this is, this is what this is. Do you suppose? This is, uh, this is tax livestock management. Mm -hmm. Well, livestock management. Exactly. Uh, So you're a rancher. Uh, I'm sorry, what was it called? Tommy. Tommy, you're a rancher. Do ranchers, I, I don't know if you're like modernized with ranching, but are there like, software programs that ranchers buy now that you know didn't exist you know 30 years ago and that kind of thing is there well, software there for doing is, this there is available i don't happen to use them but uh, we let the bulls uh, you know breed the cows naturally to say when we got them in the corral we use the shock shock probes to make them go where they don't want to go yeah okay but, uh, yeah the cow is still basically just kind of not really knowing what they're capable of doing if they really wanted to resist that's true of humans as well right like they exactly uh, i think it really is yeah yeah, I well, know that the the metaphor that has been used for a long time is that uh, if you have a bunch of cows, you know, we're talking dairy cows, milk giving cows, 
and you put them just in a barn all the time and just make them stand there and lay down whenever and just feed them that they'll actually stop giving milk at some point because they're so isolated and they're not allowed to move. But if you give them the illusion of freedom, that is to say you let them out of the barn, let them roam around the field for a while, eat some grass and that kind of thing, that suddenly uh, they, they still Get more productive. They're, they're more productive. And I assume that's true. That is uh, that is very true. Definitely, there's a mindset in that particular thing. You move them from pasture to pasture where there's fresh grass, and they think, "Oh, we're going to be moved to something good." Mm-hmm. And then, uh oh, we're already in this funnel that's getting into this corral. Uh oh. And this is how I look at uh, I don't know, like the presidential election. Right, they're just moving you to a different area, different pasture. Oh, oh, the grass is greener over here, everybody. Right. Look, the grass is greener. Absolutely, thinking that it's better, and so we're pleasure, and we're happy, we think we're happy, when something's going on that we don't even know about that's sinister. Tommy, great call, man. Uh, anything else you want to share with us tonight? No, that's the thing. I listen to you real regular, have for a long time, always enjoy the show, never know what's going to come on from day to day. That's true. That's what we like here on Free Talk Live. Thanks for the call that's tonight. Great. Definitely appreciate it. That's exactly what you so, were looking for, wasn't Fantastic it? call. <laughs> So I'd like to make uh, two quick notes since uh, I do actually have some uh, some experience on this. Uh, on cattle ranching? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like I said. Uh, oh, you're a Colorado kid. Yeah. Well, oh. and generations of cowboy. So, I mean, uh, one of the things that you'll do to, to sort of reinforce certain behaviors with cattle is you'll grain them because a grain is a, a delicious form of, uh, of uh, nutrition to them. Mm. And that is very much like the bribes that you can get to, like, the, the police. And, I mean, he was, he was mentioning a, a cattle prod for, like, when they really do not want to move. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, – it's an electrical device that causes pain to them. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely the same thing as, uh, as when they are hitting them with these beanbag rounds. Stun gun. Yeah, well, I mean, stun gun's a little different because, like, that actually, like, incapacitates you. It can. Uh, well, they have, can. Pep, they have pepper balls. Exactly, yep. the pepper balls. They have the LRAD, spray. which is the uh, long-distance uh, radar. I don't know what it stands for, but it's, like, the mm. high-pitched yep. frequencies that can really Battalions of riot police with rubber bullet kisses, mm-hmm. baton courtesy, service with a smile. Yeah, and these are, and uh, cattle prods are always on a stick so you can maintain a certain amount of distance. Which, right. I mean, it's Through the, the same fence kind of technology. To, right? right. All right, more coming up here. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160 as thousands of protesters are currently fenced in it looks like or at least partially in ottawa more coming up it's free talk live phones open if you want to join us the number 603-283-6160 603-283-6160 it's ian peakless mountaineer and captain kickass in the studio of course, you can bring up anything that's on your mind. Ottawa is on my mind. I've been uh, watching video from various different streamers there throughout the last two days because the last two days have been the crackdown where a ton of armor-wearing cops with clubs and bludgeons and tanks and all kinds of toys. I refer to them as the largest gang in Canada. Yep. Uh, they've uh, they got the gang together, and they came in, and they came in pretty hard on these protesters, uh, doing as much damage as they could. I think they might have killed one lady. They trampled her with a horse. They trampled more than one person with uh, with a horse, and in, in at least one clip uh, that I saw. But then later. In a release on their Twitter account, the Ottawa police claimed that it was the protesters who were giving their horses trouble. 
And of course, the opposite was was true. I mean, the these guys well, would ride through. You got your kidney all over my baton. They would you got your chocolate in my peanut butter. They would ride through uh, with at least I don't know six, maybe more horsemen, and the horsemen would come through in a line to break up the lines of cops and protesters and force the protesters to move backwards because who wants to get underneath the Classically, there's only four horsemen, but, you know, whatever. In this case, they got more. And they were, like, (laughs) getting out of the way so that the the horses could go this way, but then, oh, no, we'll suddenly turn. It's interesting that you say all that because uh, in this article about the freezing of these um, assets, the Mm -hmm. bank accounts, whatever, it actually blames... Uh, citizens for bringing some sort of a it's called a, a Mareva injunction uh and it says like some some people who you know got a window smashed in in downtown or lost business because mm. of what's going on they've gotten together and filed this thing which serves as the government's mm, probable cause if you will mm. to go ahead and request the banks shutting down their accounts and that kind of thing until they can establish that you know these funds are for something legitimate or whatever right it gives huh. them that power that this uh, Mareva injunction okay. was and so this lends to your theory about how they're spinning a lot of saying like oh it was caused by like the people in the downtown not by the state being a bunch of you know dicks so who files the Mareva injunction i'm not real clear on a, how it's works. a private class action lawsuit uh and it says uh, a private class action lawsuit against participants in Canada's Freedom Convoy has successfully secured an injunction freezing funds huh. raised by crypto donations. A Mareva injunction, and there's a link here. Let's see where it goes to. Oh, it's a download. I don't know if I want to download it. Mm-hmm. It's probably a PDF. Yeah. A Mareva injunction was signed on Thursday by Ontario Superior Court of Justice Judge Kellen McLeod of the Clan McLeod. No, I don't just making that up and freezes crypto assets of more than 120 and then it just goes on so they don't yeah apparently it's a type of court order in england which of course the canadian system comes from correct uh it is a interlocutory relief designed to freeze the assets of a defendant in so-called appropriate circumstances pending determination of the plaintiff's claim so it's basically we have a claim against this person and the court goes ahead and says all right freeze all their assets until we figure this court case out and according to this the respondents have a week to respond to the court explaining what their assets are for whether they own the assets and to quote submit to an examination under oath unquote wow and this is another example of the process is the punishment. This is lawfare. So, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, even lawfare if mm-hmm. even if hypothetically they got some kind of real justice out of this, by the time that comes about, the damage has already been done. Whoever's going to freeze Correct. to death is going to freeze to death. I mean. Yeah. And if you needed that money for something and you don't have it. And then those things that you had to do, and well, they get canceled, or you lose your job, or you you know lose your house, yeah. that kind of thing. All right, let's go to your phone calls and thoughts, and then coming up, we'll talk about spooner pilling because you brought up the term, but we didn't really talk about it. Uh, that's on the way. But first, we go to John. He's in Delaware. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, I think it, 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 that's enough of this nonsense, man. This whole this, yeah, man. our government and all the governments in the whole entire world need to be dismantled and thrown over. It's ridiculous the way they treat us, like we're a bunch of idiots or something, man. Or like we don't know what's going on. Like that okey doke situation that you guys were just discussing about taking your Bitcoin and shutting it down. It's like these people have figured out a way to suppress us, no matter what. And it's time for these people to go man okay it's time for him to go i'm tired of being called a white supremacist and i'm tired of all this nonsense yeah 
Yeah, uh, I mean, in my opinion, the best way for them to go is if enough people get together in physical reality who do not want their services and do not believe in the state anymore. Because ultimately, this is a mass delusion, as we discussed earlier tonight. The people who are on the side of the state obviously believe in it. All the cops and all their agents and the various different bureaucrats. Of course they believe in it. Yeah, they've got incentives to believe in it. That's the problem. And there's a bunch of... People don't care about their freedom. No. People don't care about peace. And, and people don't care about harmony and getting along with each other and taking care. They care about money and power. And that's it. And it's disgusting, dude. I'm with you, John. I appreciate where you're coming from tonight. And I think that, you know, the only answer is, of course, peace, because peace is the way if you yeah. want to get to peace. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, getting violent. And he was I don't think he was suggesting that, but he's just really upset. Uh, and usually anger can lead towards violence. So I just want to say that's what the state wants the cops in the street, uh, the streets of Ottawa would love it if somebody got violent with them. Oh, they yeah. are waiting for it, the chance to crack some heads open because that's what they did. It is extremely important that our righteous indignation leads us to peace. Yeah, I'm a uh, I'm I'm a bit skeptical about the outcomes of protests, only because I've seen a whole bunch of protests with very little to show for yeah. all of the protesting. That said, what? to me, is an effective protest. Well, it's a protest that we can all conduct on an individual basis with measurable results. How do we measure everybody adopting cryptocurrency? It's pretty easy. You just Mm -hmm. check out of whatever your country du jour's money is, in our case, the USD, in Canada's case, the Canadian dollar. Mm -hmm. You just check out as much as you can. Right. Stop using their services. Stop using their system. Stop using their money as much as you can. You're going to need some occasionally to do some things. Mm -hmm. But the rest of your money, you can check out. You can get into things like gold and silver, gold backs, cryptocurrency of all varieties. You can get into all of that stuff and you can literally check out of their system as much as humanly possible. As far as you can go with it. On an individual basis. Right. What that's going to mean something different for me than it does for you and for him and everybody listening on an individual basis. But that is a protest we can all participate in and we can measure it because what will happen is the statists will start, well, backing off because if we're not using their money, we're not using their system and then they have no more power. So here's how you make that more effective, though, Captain. It's sure. not a bad idea, and Br- people all around on. the world are doing that to some extent, is you get those people physically together in reality in the same geographic area, the libertarians at least. We don't yeah. want anybody else. Uh, but the freedom-loving anarchists, the freedom-loving voluntarists, the libertarians, get to New Hampshire, where there's already a large contingent of cryptocurrency and gold and silver-friendly, alternative currency-friendly yeah. people. There's already a community that is using these things in regular commerce with one another to buy and sell whether it be a sandwich or soup or a haircut or you know whatever we're talking about Uh, there's so much of that that goes on here and of course the more people that we can bring into that network the more that economy grows the more useful those those forms of of uh, value transfer the more useful they become Uh, so it all builds upon itself and then, of course, you also have the the fact that you've got neighbors near you who actually understand what freedom is. You've got people that actually are willing to do something instead of just complain about it. I mean, there's just so many benefits to being here as part of this migration, which some would call the Free State Project, uh, which has really taken off in the last year with record numbers of people who love liberty moving to New Hampshire. There's just no better plan out there. And if there is one, I want to hear about it. The number is 603-283-6160. Uh, But, you know, I've been here for 15 years Mm -hmm. and nothing 
out there except for the Free State Project, except for the New Hampshire migration, has ever come close. There's been some copycats, yeah. and they've, bur- they've crashed and burned. So there's nothing even coming close to what we're doing yeah, here. I tell people that aren't from here, you know, my friends that I left before I moved here almost three years ago now, that I live in the future because I can do all of that. I can spend right. my Bitcoin or my cryptocurrency on regular stuff, and it's pretty great. We have infrastructure. Yeah, I mean, if you're not willing to move for freedom, what are you willing to do? <laughs> More coming up here at 603-283-6160. And you really should ask yourself, what are you willing to do differently for freedom? Free Talk Live. The phones are open. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that because you're probably going to get a busy signal if you call right now. I'm looking pretty packed from my point of view. We're loaded up with calls, so I'm not going to even give you the number at this point because if you call now, you're not getting in tonight. But that's okay because we do this thing seven nights a week. The captain will be heading up the Sunday show tomorrow, so if you don't get in tonight for some reason, I'll be back. Always best to call earlier. When you call the show, it's always best to call toward the beginning of the show. That way we definitely can get you in. Uh, but before we go into these calls, we did promise to uh, define Spooner Pill. You mentioned pill. the term earlier, Peakless Mountaineer. Yeah, so uh, one of the, the big rifts between different kinds of uh, libertarians is, are you a minarchist, which like you believe in, for example, a constitutional government, uh, a, a night watchman sort of state with minimum uh, responsibilities, or are you a full voluntarist? And uh, one of the best thinkers that really explained why you should make the shift from a, a minarchist to an anarchist or to a voluntarist. What is a voluntarist? Uh, well, you believe that all interactions should be voluntary. Okay. All of them well libertarians believe all actions should be voluntary it's just that you become an anarchist when you realize there are no exceptions so Mm. well i mean all all libertarians believe in a movement away from authoritarianism we differ on how far that is uh so the the and and he goes into much greater detail but the 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 distillation is this this is lysander spooner yeah lysander spooner but whether the Constitution really be one thing or another, this much is certain, that it has either authorized such a government as we have had or has been powerless to prevent it. In either case, it is unfit to exist. Bravo. Love it. So you decide. Uh, the number here, uh, 603-283-6160. You'll need that for tomorrow. But meanwhile, let's go to Padreg. He's calling from New Mexico. Padreg. What's your most important topic tonight? Uh, well, I think Ottawa and what's happening there with the protests. Well, I have a CDL license, hazmat, double, triple stankers. So how can I help? I already talked to you about this. Let's go to Russia for a change. Okay, sure. How can I help them? How can you help the Russian people or the Ukraine Ukrainian people? Is that um, the, Russian, the Russian people and the Ukrainian people are the same people. Well, we're all the same people, <laughs> but people don't always think that way. So some people in Ukraine want to be part of Russia. Some do not. That's correct. Who does not? Hmm? Who does not? Yes. Who does not want to be part of Russia? The Presumably the people who have families that uh, maybe know a thing or two about the Russian history and don't want to be part of uh, anything that has to do with the, that particular landmass. But have I'm just guessing. Huh? Um, have you ever been in Russia? No, thank goodness. Well, have and I mean, for, have you? Yes, I am. Okay. 
I went through Austria and then flew into uh, uh, the Black Sea. But I actually stayed in the Black Sea Hotel. All right. What do we need to know then? That I would like you guys to send me back there. How are we going to send you back there? To your Bitcoin stuff, whatever you got. You want us to buy you a plane ticket? That's right. That's right. I want to go back there. Okay. Well, I think you should just save your own money and do it. Or set up a GoFundMe or something. Yeah. Uh, that's that's easy for you to say. What? How did we get the people out of Afghanistan? There was somebody on this radio talk show that raised a lot of money early in the day to get people not on this show. Afghanistan. Not no, on this not show. On you get you get yourself into a situation. You got to get yourself out of a situation. Okay, I'll, you get me in, I'll get out. Not interested. This isn't a charity as far as like giving people free tickets to wherever they want to go around the world, man. I mean, if you're a productive person, earn the damn money and go to the go to Ukraine. I'm not a charity cause. Well, it sounds like you're asking for charity. Huh? I'm a military man. Okay, well, go join the military or something like that. Thanks, Padraig. Going on here, let's talk to uh, Major Payne. Major Payne, oops, I accidentally just dropped his call. Sorry about that, <laughs> Major Payne. Let me see if I can save him. Maybe I can save him here. Nope, nope, he's gone. Uh, all right, Sarah in New Mexico, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hello, yes, I'm on. Um, you know, the, they're going after the um, off-road vehicles. They're, they're, they're um, not a lot on the street, and... But they drive everywhere, and then they've been um, driving on the parks and tearing up the grass and doing donuts, and they have videos of it. And so there was a reason why they put the fences all around it uh, and uh, to keep these things out. But um, they only gave out 10 um, these off-the-road vehicle tickets so far, like they're going to do something. And when they're on the run, they, they run off on the off-road. They could just, so you you're know, saying they can outrun the-, the cops? That's right. They just Sweet. go on the. Yeah, I know. So then they they have to get special cars to chase them around. That really burns but, you, I mean, doesn't it, Sarah? You really hate it when people outrun the cops and avoid ticketing, right? Well, these off the road vehicles, they don't know how to follow rules. They tear up the parking lot. We got one of the worst roads, tore up roads that well, tear that's, up the bus. That's the thing about not respecting my stolen property. Hey, hang on, that's that's the thing about off road vehicles. The, the road has a whole bunch of rules, but when you get off the road, <laughs> it, there's no more rules. So that it's not that they don't know how to follow them. It's just that this is the first time they've had the full freedom to not follow them. Thanks for the call tonight, Sarah. Yeah, rules. Uh, I could do without it. You are not respecting my stolen property. I don't have a problem with rules. It's the rulers that I have the problems with. Let's go to, uh, he called back, Major Payne. You're on Free Talk Live. Sorry about that. You fat fingered me, didn't you? I totally just, uh, (laughs) actually just pressed the wrong button. (laughs) All right, a couple couple little quick funnies before I get into my point. Yes, sir. Um, You were talking about the, uh, the seizure of assets, right? Well, you know what happens when the government seizes your assets? Your ass sets. Mm. Mm, yeah, I've had it happen to me more than once, unfortunately. Yep, you can't do anything. But, uh, I mean, they've basically frozen you out of your life. You're not sitting in a cage, yeah. per se, so you can still walk around wherever you want to, but you can't do much uh, if you don't have your, you know, what you thought was yours, your money. Oh, you seem to have Dude, civilly what, what, forfeited that I, asset. I, 
I got hemmed up by the feds a few years back mm. off, off an old Michigan misdemeanor. And they bounced me from one jail to another like every three months. And my money mysteriously never caught up with me. <laughs> I'd get some commissary, you know. Yeah. Almost like they're not and, motivated uh, to, you know, treat you like a customer. Right. No, 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 not at all. But, uh, Captain, you remember a couple weeks ago you were doing the Sunday show and Old River Dave called in? And he sure. was telling about when they went through, I think it was in 1958, he was a young buck. Oh. And uh, there was like 60 of them in an aircraft hangar. And uh, they gave him both, uh, everybody, two pokes in each arm. I remember him saying something about that, yeah. And the like, guys were dropping over dead, like right next to him. Jeez. The dude right only in front of him. only killed like 5% of them. Yeah. Yeah, but he said the dude right in front of him, his, his knees didn't buckle, his arms didn't twitch. He just dropped like wow. a stone. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, right. this is what I you get. I remember that night. Now the government's doing no. that to the whole population right. instead of just the military. Well, I know. Safe and, and well, effective. The reason I called in, reason I called in was to give you guys some good old redneck information. Okay. I know. I know the captain is prone to pull a cork, and uh, I am too. And I, the knowledge I have, I've not had a hangover in twenty years. The power of carbon. Y'all know what a Cooper is? No. That's a cat that makes whiskey barrels. Okay. Okay, and uh, whiskey barrel is tap generally used three times. First one would be for like a fine brandy or cognac. Okay. They might use it two runs and something like that, and then it would be sold to the standard whiskey distilleries. Well, back in the 70s when I was a kid, there was no such thing as green liquor, this blended snot that they sell us now. That's half, it's part green liquor and part aged liquor. But uh, by the time the barrel is used its third time is when it goes to the distilleries that the common man can actually afford. Hmm. I mean, there's uh, what they call bonded whiskey. Mm -hmm. That's straight out of the barrel. And that's going to cost you about 50 bucks a fifth. Most people can't afford that. But what I do is I take and I put the barrel back in the bottle. I take some hardwood coals and I drop them in. And uh, you can actually see, if you put this thing up in the sunlight with the, the sun coming through and you drop the nuggets in the bottle, you hey, can actually see the clean liquor. Major, really quick, I have some experience with this. I was in a liquor store hmm. uh, in the West Coast, and they sold exactly what you're talking about. It was like it was like a Kit Kat bar. It was like five or six sticks that you take and you drop into your bottle of cheap whiskey and let it sit for like a week or huh. six months or whatever, and it gives your cheap whiskey the flavor of a high-quality whiskey by putting the barrel in the bottle. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, Major. Appreciate it. And again, if you didn't get in tonight, we're back tomorrow for the live Sunday show. You can join us online in the meantime, anytime you want, over at freetalklive.com. Don't forget to check out our social media site there as well at social.freetalklive.com.